Yes. Hello. One, two, three, one, two. Microphone check. check ben. Check. Ben. Ralph. <laughs> Ralph. Right. Should we welcome people today? Yeah, go on, let's welcome people. I think it's polite to welcome them. Okay. So this is the episode two of our sort of, this is a bit of an experiment. We've not really done this before, but we're going to do this sort of podcast and chat through the songs, the, you know, how we came back, the meanings and stuff like that. We've done one. This one we're going to do is all about song two, which is uh, Love Is Not Control, which you guys will probably be more familiar with because it's our first single. If we're born together apart, if we're born together apart, if we're born together, then love is not control, and love is not control. Love is not control, then love is not control. Love is not control, then love is not control. So let go. Yeah, we're allowed to play everyone that one because we've released that one. Um, so we're going to talk about it a bit more. And we've got, it's not just me and Ralph today. It's uh, Grant's so come along as well. We have an injection of youth in the form of Grant <laughs> McNeil. So young. Sloppy G, <laughs> as he's known. What One of my many aliases. Money Man. Money Man G. <laughs> Been called Lobster on a few occasions as For well. For some reason... Sloppy lobster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sloppy single female lobster is I, one of my favourites. I find it single weird female you've attracted lobster. so many uh, nicknames. I've never really had a nickname before. Really? Before being the band? In the band yeah. But you're the only person in the band that seems to have attracted... I mean, yeah. Ben is just Ben. I'm just Ralph. Taffel. It's just Taffel, just really. Taffel. But you've just seemed to have <laughs> all the nicknames. I have many aliases. Uh, we once wrote down a list and it was it was definitely... I think it was double double figures. I think, I think we definitely once wrote an essay on <laughs> the evolution of my nicknames. Sounds <laughs> like something Platinum would spend his time doing. <laughs> it's a chart. A guys, chart. guys, don't worry. What, what, what? I've written an essay about <laughs> all the nicknames that Grant's done. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. It's <laughs> really helpful. <laughs> Um, so, but yes, so this, this track, this is one of the first ones that we were kind of got together and recorded and it was in fact, it, so the album is very much split between the tracks that, uh, Mark Crew produced and Ben Jackson produced. So, uh, the first track that we played you on the first episode, that was Mark mm. Crew and this one is Ben Jackson, but they've all been mixed by Mark Crew. So mm-hmm. they all have a sort of cohesive sound, but, um, so I guess maybe Ben, you could talk a little bit about what it was like producing. What was it like working with us? Was that enjoyable? <laughs> Sometimes um, we were, we went to basically it kind of happened the same as most of our tunes where we um, yeah Ralph sent round a demo, then we kind of worked on it in the studio, and then yeah we went to the studio to record it. I've actually got a copy of the original demo that Ralph sent round. I think last time it sounded pretty similar, but this time I think I can't I, remember how it is. I, with a lot of these, I've just not heard the demos in so long, so I don't know whether to be cripplingly shamed by this. I feel so, uh, this one I, I remember because I was listening to it the other day. Um, like, oh, it's, so it's amazing how much of the phrasing of the the verse changed. has changed. Yeah. But I'll put it on. That you gaze in age It's out in place Each work given shape And one remains like a holy grave Joyous and braised and plump and brave And you feel it hidden And the fact it's safe Torn and tied It's secrets contained And the rules we set Are the rules we break 
don't know love, no, I don't know love at all. Form together apart, you form together apart. Then you land in your early twenties, start all drunk and leaning gently to all aboard. The culture's safe, the word is safe, oh the word is safe. And you feel it now as you take your step, walk your walk, lest you break your neck. And you're feeling safe, but you're feeling down. I don't know love, no, I don't know love at all. If we're together apart, if we're formed together apart, if we're formed together apart. Together apart. Love is not control, no love is not control, no love is not control, no love is not control. Love is not control, no love is not control. So let go. So just listening to that, it's interesting because I've just remembered how old that demo is. Cause it's it's sort of like a weird sort of timeline of of um it's all coming back to me. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so this this one I wrote just after we released the album, our first album, Cannibals with Cutlery, for the first time. That self-released it. Yeah, self-released yeah. it. it so long before my time. Yeah, long before Grant was in. And yeah. so yeah, so that's yeah, it was a long time. It does sound the phrasing is different, and it's definitely yeah. evolved as it's come along. It's quite different. It's yeah. in the last episode we were talking about um, this demo of Compare Scars that. Uh, well it wasn't actually called Compare Scars it was called Break You and it was before we, it was basically a bit of the first verse became the, I think the chorus on the middle eight to, yeah, and I was thinking like if you were here would you feel like slightly cheated on it's like <laughs> we've used the line before in a, in a different <laughs> way and then unbeknownst to you like it's come out as if it was new as if it was fresh well you know it felt completely cheated now yeah. I'm gonna have to leave or something <laughs> shortest shortest interview ever <laughs> drop the mic Ben I told you this podcast was gonna be a bad idea it's a can of worms <laughs> well it's not um, the only time that's happened either is it because what you're still happen- no <laughs> flipping tables this is what I do that's why we nail down all the tables it's well, one of our few sort of uh, wasn't um, Grace at a party that was a uh a different song originally, or the riff anyway. Oh yeah, the riff at Grace at a Party, yes. You're leaving ahead though, that's going to be episode five or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's definitely it's something that uh, we were chatting about on the other one, it's definitely something that I do, like if something doesn't work out as a song, which often it doesn't, I mean, the amount of stuff that I write to make an 11 track album is probably obs- obscene, it's, you know, it's like 30, 40 tracks, mm-hmm. then get whittled down, but I tend not to, I think there's something good and something I'll definitely uh, sort of store it away and then go back to it and sometimes if I'm feeling very uninspired I just listen through to old demos I've got like an old laptop full of old demos and then I'm gradually filling up my new laptop with more old demos <laughs> um, yeah um, but yeah it's, it's funny hearing that one just because mm. it's it's very different and also I think it's definitely poorer it's a poor quality recording, recording yeah. than the last one it's before I got my nice new microphone yeah interface and stuff like that um, um so yeah so when we worked on that we kind of built the song demoed it in the studio and then we sort of needed somewhere to record it and we ended up like lucking out so massively on the like there's a few recordings there was we did one we did three tracks there it was like gold um constant uh, constant changing state gold um oh uh, no wait, it wasn't oh my love what was it love is coal yeah and this one love is not control um basically we did it in this studio down like near Bath and Bristol in the countryside. What's it called? The Distillery 
studios um, and basically just came about because we uh, we went on a tour with Bastille and the other band that were um, touring with them was this band called uh, Ramona Flowers and one of those guys um, kind of owns runs this studio down there that is like one of the best studios that it's, I've ever it's seen. It's immaculate. It really it's just is. incredible, isn't We've, it? We've uh, had quite a varied career of playing and, and recording in like, uh, you know, the tiniest places to the biggest places. But I think the the sort of best, we've been to Abbey Roads and we've recorded at Rack Studios, which is regarded as the best ones in London. And I would say that that, that one definitely, yeah. uh, it, in terms of the equipment they've got, is up there with it, you know. Um, and definitely in terms of the way that recording in a place that's in such beautiful surroundings kind of what it does to you in terms of like I suppose artistically and where, and where your, your head's at it is much more yeah. it's more wonderful Absolutely. than it was so relaxing wasn't yeah it, it was great I and mean, quite often we just wouldn't record we'd just be there no we didn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, it definitely had it obviously had loads of gadgets though yeah loads um, of easy to get distracted so yeah, many amps it really stuff. did but there was also like from the control room which was like raised up and looked over the live room then and then behind that was like the window which just looked out over to the, over this massive field, which was kind of yeah, it was just like green and blue skies and stuff. And there was an amazing kitchen, so it was quite nice as yeah, taking we turns to cook for each of it. Yeah, that was that's nice when we do that. Mm. It's better than getting curries every night. Yeah, so that was just a real pleasure. And then we then we took them back. I think there was probably a few little bits and pieces that we did when we um, when we came back to London because we were kind of like still recording little bits and pieces um, there's probably vocal overdubs and things like that um, and then finished them off sent them to Mark and yeah he did a great job mixing them um, yeah I think the interesting thing that I think he did with, in terms of the mix with this one was um, it was very much a live quite a live recording that we did did we all play together maybe even I don't, I don't think, think we so. did. I think it was that. bass and drums together. Bass and drums together. Yeah. But it definitely had quite a sort of live sort of feel about it. And I think he's just sort of um, pulled it more into sort of the, uh, the feel of the rest of the album, you know, like as in made it sound just like my guitar riff a lot tighter and yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. And it's just, you know, yeah, uh, yeah which is great. Um, Oh, it's I worth do. saying actually if you want to have a look at the distillery we did a live session there as well didn't we we did do a live session there yeah. 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 On the I think internet. we did Gasp or something like that yeah um, yeah yeah the search I guess that would be under distillery sessions or something like that wouldn't it mm-hmm. um, so what about you Ben so I mean obviously you produced this so what anything that you think you should point um, out I can let me see things people might miss there's like the I guess a lot of like the thing that opens the track and is quite a loud louder than usual hook for a keyboard part is um, that sort of weird string strings pitch bend thing. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure quite where that came from, but it's um, played on, it's actually a simulator of this thing called, I think it's called a Mutron or a me- uh, Mellotron or something like that. It used to be this old, um, in, the, in the olden days, it used to be like uh, one of the early synths and before... <clears throat> the sounds got synthesized like by oscillators and chips and things literally they would just record a different sample onto a different piece of tape and every button on the um on the keyboard is kind of connected to a, a different piece of tape oh and yeah I've, I've looked inside of one of these and it was actually when we were in rack uh working with jim abyss and it's it's just amazing to watch so yeah, instead so of like loops yeah. yeah instead of like the hammer coming down on a string inside like a piano 
you literally just have the thing that makes co- it goes down and it makes contact with the tape that's just constantly spinning around yeah. and they're wonderful I'm trying to remember yeah, what track we did on the last album we used it on I think we used um, it on fictional state for some of the strings at the end yeah, like actually right. fake strings um, yeah I know, that's also, when I first used the real one so I got hold it of this like, as well at the end possibly yeah but yeah, I remember just thinking it was the coolest. Yeah. Thing. Like there's there's a few sounds that you just instantly recognize like the the, the flute, the flute one, one is pretty famous yeah. by the Beatles. Yeah. They used it quite a lot. Yeah. Um if you go on I think it's Strawberry Fields That's is it. the classic yeah. opening thing. So, so it's, it's, probably not, the, it's probably not that one and someone's going to correct it is, me. Yeah. Is that one? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and whenever so you hear that sound, you just know yeah. that that's where it's from. Yeah. It's good. It's like the Vampire Weekend sort of thing as yeah. well, isn't it? Yeah. We use it quite a lot. Um, so yeah, that's kind. Of, I don't know. I think it's kind of strings or like a mixture of strings and brass sample that we that is played on that thing, and then I just put a pitch bend in it, and that became that. There's a few other little bits and pieces. Like we did like lots of percussion, um, like the offbeat sort of percussion, just was us in the live room just like banging on whatever we could we just got a load of drumsticks and we're just like clattering away on like flight cases and the um the sort of metal columns that were holding up the the roof and things like that i guess you can sort of pick them out in the background i, I think for me the bit that I, I love playing it live for this reason but also whenever i'm listening to it is halfway through the third verse when it kicks yeah. off into the double time. Do sometimes in, in our work, or what we strive to be able to do anyway, um, is kind of like to do stuff because it is poppy and it is quite instant, but there are little elements like the string bend that you're talking like that, but also like this sort of sudden change in pace halfway through a verse that then goes through to the end which i think kind of set it apart from being just straight pop yeah. sort of stuff you know what i mean it's like um yeah i think it's a good it was nice i remember when we were all just jamming over it and then we start trying that and it suddenly was like yeah this works this yeah is good. it didn't feel it's like nice. it should but i don't know i was when i when I, i'm not sure who came up with the idea but when we did yeah um i was kind of like in my head thinking oh, i really like that but i don't know if i doubt yeah. anyone else will and then really? everyone's when we went round, yeah, everyone yeah. seems to like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Happy it's, about it. it's definitely a sort of blurry eu- eureka moment. I'm yeah. not quite certain how it came about, but we are definitely just trying out lots of stuff, and then then it, it feels clicked. like a bit of a uh, like Blink One Eight Two jump in the air moment for me every time. I feel <laughs> like I should try and pop some sort of nice. Thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. To- and we all get to shout a lot at the end, which is quite yeah. fun. Um, so yeah, when we knew it was going to be the single, we decided that we needed a, a music video for it. We were thrown around various different ideas. Um, I think it was I had the idea of uh, using wrestlers. And also, luckily enough, one of my friends, Ed, is now a wrestler, which is very yeah. strange. So I met Ed um, at university, but we knew each other, but not like particularly well. Uh, but then we, he moved to London the year before me. And then when I moved to London, it just made sense that we started hanging out. And uh, he was in a comedy rock band, although they sometimes insist that it's not comedy. It's very serious, but they're called Gay Bum. And if anyone uh, goes along to the nights that I put on called Play All The Things ever, 
they'll probably have caught them once or twice. Um, or at Leaf Fest last year, I ran this stage for Play Other Things and um, I put them on there and they go down really well. Um, well, actually, I say they go down really well. They are the only band that I know and regularly put on that will either have people obsessed with them and absolutely fall in love or just leave because they're quite offended. The two best ways to get yourself laid are planning a band and saying that you can't, that's why we do. We combine the two, ladies come around because they think they're safe. They come around in the night, thinking we're gay so they think it's alright, but no, that's the plan. We strike from behind when the time is right. Gay bomb, we take all the pussy. We don't need it all, we can't use it all, but we take it all anyway. Because the simple fact is this So I was able to get in contact with him. That was kind of like uh, my sort of involvement. I think once I then knew that uh, Debbie, who is the first time she's actually done some videos for us, but she's yeah. done videos for lots of our friends and a lot lots of, of our artwork, a lot well. of our artwork and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, in fact, she did the front cover. I think once I knew that she was involved with it, I was quite happy to. Which on other videos, um, I've been a lot more involved in sort of like writing scripts and sort of putting forward stuff and but I think once I knew she was involved I was quite happy to just set back and just kind of see the other thing that we weren't sure about at first was being in the video because we'd never done that before and we've um, been we've been in videos but we've not done the whole performance thing yeah um and that was actually one of the few concerns that I did raise um but I think Debbie approached it in a way that's quite sensitive to that and kind of yeah. like that we didn't want it to be a sort of 90s MTV like <laughs> power punk pop video yeah a lot of peas there wasn't there mm. um, great alliteration yeah it's good <laughs> and uh, yeah and I think she's been I think she did a great job um, so yeah this one is um, this one's actually is split into like three parts like I mean the kind of basic idea for the verses is it's kind of like looking at love or like relationships at three different stages so the first one like uh when you reach that shoegazing age it's supposed to be referring to like sort of teenage years where you're sort of in that and that's sort of what love means to you in relationships at that point and then um when i say early 20s what i'm referring to then is your early 20s <laughs> cryptic <laughs> it's really cryptic isn't it <laughs> Um, and then there's the final one is the middle age sort of thing. Um, and it's, yeah, it's kind of just different snapshots and views mm -hmm. of sort of love and relationships, those sort of thing. Um, but then the, the, the chorus is obviously saying love is not control. It's like this idea that I think is the third verse and the chorus kind of both are talking about this idea of like being in love with something but that's not the same as just controlling what it is and the idea of like clipping someone's wings and then you sort of change what they are and then you end up not in love with what what, what it is because it's just changed um the other thing that i really got to cite in terms of a reference to this is um there's a movie called uh hedwig and the angry inch have you guys seen this no, i haven't no. you've not seen this never heard of it no. um oh it's absolutely an amazing film i absolutely love it uh it's <laughs> it's the story of like uh um, I'm gonna get the word wrong now, because I sometimes do. But it's I think he's a he'd be a transvestite. Yes, transvestite, not transgender. Yeah. Transvestite punk singer, um, who comes over and it's kind of like a musical, 
but it's his his sort of story. Um, and What's it called? Hedwig. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. It was Hedwig before Hedwig became very popular as the owl in Harry Potter. It's very different. Right. If you're going to get a Hedwig toy for your <laughs> nephew or something like that, make <laughs> sure you get the right one. Uh, but yeah, they, this, they've got a song called The Origin of Love, which... Uh, actually, do you want to type it in on YouTube? Are we yeah, going to play on. other people's music? Uh, we don't know. We don't fine. care. Yeah. We'll find out. Um, anyway, <laughs> it, it's basically talking about sort of back in the dawn of time, there was like three different people and one of them's like two guys back to back, one's two girls and one's a guy and a girl and they're three different sort of species. Then the gods kind of got jealous and they split them up and then the rest of mankind's sort of history has been trying to find your other partner. So it's this idea that everyone's kind of, they were born complete as two different beings and then you're trying to find your journey back to your sort of partner, which I just really liked. Yeah. So the wow, sort really of idea nice. is really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then so I that's set in a in the through the story of a transvestite punk. No, that's just one of her songs oh, right, within okay. it. Um, but yeah, but that's one of the songs that she sings. Like big rolling kegs, they had two sets of arms, they had two sets of legs, they had two faces peering out of one giant head, so they could. Watch all around them as they talked while they read And they never knew nothing of love It was before The origin of love So, I mean, anything with this one, like guitar parts, anything you want to sort of talk about or point out? Um, I think this was a really sort of like... This was the first thing that I wrote with you guys, like guitar parts-wise... Um, well, so I'd imagine kind of tricky just because my part's quite busy. So it's like, it's yeah, it's yeah. not worth a, in a lot of the other songs, it's the, kind of the other way around, if you know what I mean. You're playing more the sort of like busier yeah. parts and I'm doing, you know, plugging through the chords sort of thing. So. I think the main thing with this one, because between what you're doing and the big sort of horny, stringy sort of thing that Ben's doing as well, there was not much space in the verses. Um, so I ended up doing something with the delay pedal, but also with these sort of big spread chords. It's not necessarily the same chord, but it sort of adds tonality to the part that you're playing. Um, which was, yeah, it wasn't... I remember when I first approached it, it was very different to what I was imagining. I was going to go with something sort of single note and stuff like that, but jamming through it, that was where we got to. Um, and I think one of the most, um, yeah, one of the happiest accidents with this song, perhaps, was the big sort of feedback thing which comes in the bridge. Because I don't actually remember recording that for this song. I think we did it in the same session, but I think yeah. that sound was yeah, actually meant was... for gold or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then when we, when we got the, uh, the, fi the finished sort of produced version back from Ben, with that sort of going over the top of the broken down bridge mm. um yeah it was really exciting and it also means that i get to do the feedback thing live which is really it's every fun. kid's dream i remember in the demo there was actually kind of um do you remember in the demo that we recorded in our rehearsal studio i kind of worked on it quite a lot of the production at home and there was this one night i remember where i was just like up really late with all the recordings so I was just trying to find little bits and pieces to put in there and um, 
it actually ended up with me I just kind of got distracted and ended up watching YouTube videos and I found this channel called How To Basic have you seen that? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so basically if you haven't seen it just search for How To Basic on YouTube and it's kind of like they're always labelled as instructional videos but what it basically is is a kind of point of view video of a, a guy who appears to be completely naked like smashing eggs into like <laughs> into various raw things. chicken on his uh, I, kitchen I've surface have you ever seen this? <laughs> it's so funny so good um, and then the sound of him um, bashing stuff on his kitchen surface is actually the thing that sounds like a door opening at the beginning of the track uh, that is like him slapping a chicken or something like that <laughs> but I remember originally there was like a sample from one of these videos of like a toy it's like a toy bear or something yeah, that he was that. fucking about with um, but I don't think that really, like, the next day it didn't seem like something that should really be in the Yeah, no, so I think I took offence to that. Yeah. I didn't like it. It it's sounded kind of made to it... me too much like you were doing the, uh, the Joyas and Parades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parade. It was that sort of, but it was Yeah, like, it was, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I think it's one of these things, as soon as something gets in your head is annoying when you're hearing it, it's just kind of got to go. So basically we, we um, used that sample and then, yeah, that one was the bit that stuck because, um, yeah, we chucked out the sort of teddy bear sample. Um, but then we kind of, as it came to putting the records together, we decided that we'd actually replace it because just felt a bit worried about um, using How it. did you achieve doing that then? What sort of things did you um, do? Basically, I did just video myself uh, like bashing something on the kitchen surface. I bet that was fun. It was. Um, that's what it is. Fun way to spend an afternoon. Yeah, it was too uh, late. Was but too if late. your uh, neighbours can see you through the window, hard to explain. Yeah. <laughs> just like the idea no. of Debbie coming home and Ben just like cracking slapping, eggs and slapping chicken. Slapping chicken, <laughs> yeah. It's research. Especially as they're both vegetarians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the amount of times he's been caught with a steak in his mouth and just going, it's for research. It's <laughs> I'm a producer. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for listening. This is the end of episode two of our little experiment. Um, do get in contact. Tell us what you're liking, what you're not liking. Um, as you might know from the first one, we're sort of trying to make ourselves feel like we're really professional by having a sponsor for each one. Uh, and this, this episode is going to be sponsored by a friend of ours called Nick Hoare. So if you check out his uh, website, he does uh, lots of lovely artwork. Um, ben, do you want to read out the... Yeah, his website is nickhawfineart.com, which is N-I-C-K-H-O-A-R, and then fineart.com. There we go. And he does absolutely wonderful paintings. We actually, he's been on the road with us all across America, uh, Europe. He's about to go on the road with us again, and he's, like, always supporting us. We actually did an exhibition. His first ever exhibition was all stuff from our last our American tour with uh, Bastille. And it was like, it was great. We played at it and uh, I think he sold all his artwork. It was great. Um, but yeah, go there and, and buy something and support him. That would be great. Yeah, there's some portraits of us actually on that website. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I was very naughty. I got the first portrait. He did one for me when he was starting out. I just got it for free. Did you? And nice. then I gave it to my mum and dad for a Christmas present. <laughs> 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 that's a brilliant Christmas present. Here's well, a picture a, of my face. It's a really good one. They <laughs> loved it and it cost me nothing. 
I think I bought him a beer. You bought, bought him an advert on a on a podcast. Yeah, I said in three years' time, Nick. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back soon.